0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Sports Eat Those Bulls coverage. I am your host Keith Cork and I am joined once again by my friend and co-host here Trey Hill. Trey, I've missed you, man. I've done a few shows without you here, a few short ones obviously, but uh glad to have you back in the fold and um you know happy somewhat happy to talk some Bulls with you. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm do I'm doing well. Yeah, you've you've held down the fort with uh, all of the uh all of the news dropping, you know, we had the game the other night and then just players dropping one after another, like flies, it seems like with this team.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's been rough, man. Uh, obviously we had uh, Stanley Johnson and who was the other one uh, entered the health and safety protocols today. We had two players. I obviously, yeah, which is a huge loss. Um, obviously the bulls fall to the heat. We, we actually started recording this before the, the, sp- Game was even over, so I don't even know the end score was. The end score was 92 to 118, so we dropped it pretty bad. Um, yeah, by the time we actually started to, to come down and get ready to record, uh, they had Marco Samanovich in, they had Devin Dotson in, um, and, and they had their, their end of bench in, which is like guys that are – when, Mar-
1: <laughs> when Marco is in, he is our version of a white flag.
0: They had Tyler Cook in. Elize Johnson actually got in. At least I'm supr- a little surprised Elise didn't get in before that. Just the way that we played. I mean, you feel like we just needed a shot in the arm there. Uh, but yeah, just a not an impressive game. Uh, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I am pissed off at Vucevic. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, the last two games has been a struggle to watch on the offensive end. Uh, and you know, I, I think a big, I think it's just a confidence thing. I think he's in his own head. Um, You know, obviously, this is we're we're reacting to it right after it happens. So give me another day and I'll probably be less pissed off at at Nikola Vucevic. But right now, after seeing what I've seen, uh, just the massacre of my hopes and dreams of the Bulls winning this game, uh, I'm a little upset at him. How how did you feel about Mr. Nikola Vucevic today?
1: He he seemed like he was rushing a little, uh, pressing I wrote down that it seemed like all of the Chicago Bulls starters were kind of pressing. I think they knew the lack of depth was something they were going to have to try and overcome. And then they just let that swallow them up. But Vucevic in particular, he he definitely seemed to struggle. He couldn't he couldn't seem to grasp the rebounds. A lot of them, you know, he could it took him a second to gather them even when he got the rebound. So that was letting the Heat get back on defense. I liked the shots he was taking for the most part. He did seem to rush a few in the post. I think you're definitely right about him being in his head on that end. Uh, the last three years, he's been he's shot 66% around the rim. He's he's shooting 51% now, which is actually up. It was in the uh, 40s for the longest time to start the season. So he's he's struggled in places where he's normally excelled, and I'm not as I'm not as big of a critic as you are on his end, I like he, he does a decent enough job switching out. He, you know, he usually gets a pretty decent contest on shots. He, he's down there trying to rebound, even if his hands aren't working. It just, it just seems like nothing's going right for him. And I, with the bulls rolling the way they have to start the season, I I guess I've just kind of given him more of a free pass in hopes that you know he'll he'll find his groove working with all these guys because he is the third wheel and he's going you know in Orlando he was the number one guy and now he's very clearly been the number three guy. So, well,
0: listen Trey, I'm not I'm not saying that he's the worst player ever and I'm not saying anything along those lines. I mean I'm ticked off him. Here's why I'm mad. I think he does get a pass when the Bulls were full health and he he didn't need to shoot you know, twenty twenty to twenty five shots. This is a guy during his career in Orlando was getting up 20 25 30 shots you know just as many shots as he wanted basically he was the focal point of the offense so you would think you know we're down DeMar DeRozan we're down seven bodies at least i think it's it's eight or nine now i don't know i have to count it's like i have to pull out my pull off my socks and count my toes
1: they, they you have, have to tell how many people are out seven uh, players
0: out. out yeah i'm missing a few digits so that's why uh, so you yeah, know you know it's with all those guys out this is the guy I'm looking at to really carry us through this tough period. I mean, obviously, you've got Zach you still got Lonzo Ball, who both played well. Both of those guys, I felt like, did did what they had to do. Uh, Zach Levine is, remains incredible, 11 for 20 tonight, shot 55%. Uh, 33 points, um, 7 for 11 from threes, which, you know, I mean, you can't ask for more from Zach, really. Uh, Lonzo, again, you know, 4 for 12 from threes, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But uh, he, a lot of those misses came at the end of the game when we were already out of it. So I think he played relatively well also in uh, mm-hmm. driving to the basket, you know, hitting people that were open, things like that. Um, but Vucevic, man, that's three for 15, 20%. Um, you know, wh- what I'm noticing is when he's got his back to the basket and he backs Dwayne Dedman, Dwayne Dedman, <laughs> down to the block and then shoots that, that hook over his shoulder. What it used to be was when he would make that, He, you know, we've seen him make that plenty of times, even with the Bulls. You know, obviously I didn't watch a lot of Orlando Magic, but even with the Bulls, we've seen him make it a lot. But what it, it was more of like a floater, right? He would get his body more square and get his body turned. And now he's kind of launching it. Like, before he's even got his shoulders squared, he's launching it, like, over his entire body, kind of almost like a skyhook. But it's like a short-arm skyhook, so it's always short. Like, it's consistently short. You'd think, you know, after he's done it 15 times in a row, Trey, he would freaking do something else or maybe just stop taking that shot. He looks better in the pick-and-pop right now, so I would like to get him more in the pick-and-pop. And this, I put this a little bit on Donovan, too. You know, I understand telling your players, hey, I've got confidence in you. I know what you do. I've seen your, you know, rep, you know, your Your repertoire I've seen what you've done with other teams I get that but at the same time you know when you notice that you know this guy's really struggling in this certain area of scoring the basketball you would think they would try to get him in different spots to score am I wrong
1: you're not wrong I I did have written down though that the Heat did an excellent job of anytime they were running that pick and roll with Zach and Vooch they would double Zach and then they would have the guy off the backside come help on Vucevic And early on in the game, there was like, I think it was at the 1045 mark in the first quarter, um, Caruso gets, you know, Zach gets doubled. They come to Vooch and Caruso gets the ball there on the wing. And instead of trying to pass to Vooch because he has the mismatch, Caruso did a great job of throwing the ball over everyone to Lonzo in the corner for a three. And there were there were quite a few times where the Bulls just missed the guy cutting from the backside because he was open. And because his guy Tyler Hero or whoever was off helping on Vooch and I'd written down like because it was Troy Brown who I noticed like at least twice they missed on wide open cuts to the basket, and he's athletic enough that if you throw a lob up there, if Lonzo's got the ball and they throw a lob up there for him, Troy Brown can go up and finish that. And I I thought the Bulls didn't do a good enough job of. Capitalizing, forcing the Miami Heat to not be so aggressive on defense because they were they were all over the place. They were fly, they were doing what the Bulls did at the start of the season with Caruso and, and Lonzo. And I just I thought the Bulls didn't do a very good job of punishing them for being so aggressive.
0: Yeah um yeah they were doubling hard off that screen and roll with Vooch uh, obviously Vooch was was doing what he had to do. He dove to the, basically to the middle of the paint Um, And just put his arms up, you know, trying to draw either defenders or or get the ball. Uh, So, you know, that was that was fine. And then, yeah, like you said, they would pass to Caruso or Troy Brown Jr. or whoever in the corner. uh, And then that person would basically have to swing the ball because the heat defense is incredible. It's still good even without uh, Jimmy Butler. I give uh, uh, Spolstra a lot of credit, obviously. He's got those guys really well coached. Uh, They move as a unit defense, which is just it's really hard to to break that apart. You have to move the ball and ball movement. You're going to you're going to beat it. Uh, and they were doing; they were moving the ball a little bit better in the first and second quarter. Obviously, the Heat shot came out of the gate and shot the ball incredibly well. Uh, I think they shot, like, what, nine threes in the first quarter, I think it was. Um, they had
1: nine threes in the first quarter. Uh, Both teams were above 50% from three at halftime. I noticed that. Yeah,
0: yeah so, you yeah, know, they came out shooting lights out, so you can't really do anything about that. So, you know, they they scored 40 points in the first quarter, which doesn't help anything, and that just puts you in a hole that, you know, when you're down players and everything, there's very little chance they're going to come out of it, uh, you know. But the bulls, uh, the bulls are sh- were, were like you said, passing the ball around. They were swinging from side to side and hitting that guy that was open on the weak side because that that defense, you know, if they're going to double and they're going to you know shift towards the first pass, then obviously that's going to leave that guy, like you said, on the backside and the opposite side of the floor pretty much wide open. Um, they did a couple times hit that guy who hit a three uh, or got a drive, whatever. Um, bulls didn't get a lot of fouls. I have to take a look here. Um, I don't think they got to the free throw line a whole heck of a lot. They got to the free throw line twenty times, but. I mean, two of those were Marko Samanovic, four of those were Devin Dotson. So that's like, you know, the end of the game when it doesn't really matter. They had 16, basically, free throws uh, when the game mattered. So uh didn't feel like they were super aggressive. Uh, honestly, the Heat only got nine free throws, which is kind of incredible to see here. Uh, but they didn't need them. They were scoring. I mean, you, you don't get free throws when you're just tearing up the defense and scoring, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, they were just – they were picking those. Kyle Lowry in particular had 12 yeah. assists in the first half. He was just picking the bulls defense apart, and it was it was just a master class in Kyle Lowry showing off just the value he has and kind of rubbing it in your face a little bit after you were so low on him in the preseason. This is your fault is what I've determined
0: <laughs> it's my fault okay right, there you go um. I was kind of curious to see, you know, obviously, Io's out, uh, and Stanley Johnson went out, so I was kind of curious to see how the mince distribution would be for the Bulls. Troy Brown Jr. did start. Obviously, Caruso came back and did start. Uh, I know in my little short show uh, after they announced Derek Jones Jr. going to the health and protocols, I said pick up Io and then pick up Troy Brown Jr., so that was my second suggestion. Obviously, without Io in, Troy Brown Jr. is the guy you want out there if you're playing fantasy. Uh, He stepped in. I thought he had some pretty good activity. Uh, You know, I saw him out there just in the right spots, made some good cuts, uh, especially on the uh, offensive glass and 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 just crashing the boards, I felt like he did a a decent job with somebody who's not necessarily ha- doesn't somebody has has the the biggest size. Uh, so I liked what I saw out of Trey Brown Jr. Uh, obviously he's not the most ideal guy to have out there, uh, but I don't mind him starting while we're shorthanded. How about you?
1: Oh, not at all. I love the way he crashes the boards. I he he doesn't have a lot of size but he's great about getting in there, getting the tip, you know, at least tipping the ball, letting Vucevic get his hands on it. I, I'm really happy with him in the starting lineup. He played 34 minutes tonight and it says he was a minus 18, but I thought, I thought when he was out there, he played really well. He went 0 for three from the three point land. So, you know, obviously if he could hit one of those, it'd be nice, but no, I, I like the lineup that they have starting. That's it's just, the bench. They had 29 minutes from McKinney who they just got from the G league. And then other Mm -hmm. than that, uh, Bradley only played nine minutes. I would have liked, I would have liked to have seen more from Bradley. I think Bradley has been playing well these last few games and you see Vucevic get 34 minutes. I would much rather bump that down to 28, give those six to Bradley and then Vucevic can just play that much harder when he's out there. Like I, I just I feel like a little less is more with Vucevic, and now that we have a capable big in Bradley, I would like to see that utilized a little more,
0: yeah, yeah, he didn't really get a chance tonight. I mean, I did see him um you know I, I can maybe count on my you know two fingers here how many times I saw him on on the uh screen doing something right, so he didn't really have a huge chance. Elise Johnson is another guy that didn't really have a chance he got in and during garbage time, which is really surprising, especially the way that the Bulls were were you know struggling on the offensive blast. When they gave up how many offensive rebounds? Are twelve? Yeah, twelve offensive rebounds to the Heat. Uh, Dwayne Dedman got four of them. PG Tucker got two of them. Um, you know, I feel like the, a little bit of additional size would have helped, especially with the way that the Heat were just packing in that paint. Um, you're going to have to get second chance points if you can't score off of the you know initial swinging the ball and shooting the ball, right?
1: Right. And Bradley had seven rebounds in nine minutes Mm -hmm. and three of those were offensive, but he was he was huge on the glass. And you mentioned we and I agree with you. I would love to see Vucevic step up and, you know, take the higher usage and be more of a ball hog, knowing that we're down all these players. But if you if you want Vucevic to do that, I think it's it's also fair to give him that extra time on the bench. And so I I I think. The big key to, to fixing Vucevic is less is more. And I know I just said that, but it, I, w- I want more Tony Bradley. I can't believe I'm saying that, but mm-hmm. he 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 plays hard, like you said. He's always he's, He has the energy when he's out there and he's going to do the things that while the Bulls have tons of talent, he's going to do the things that that talent doesn't necessarily excel at. I
0: think I think again again this is for me this is this is this goes back to the Bulls coaching staff Billy Donovan getting Vooch to the spaces on the floor right now where he is succeeding to get him his confidence back. So uh, I did like when they come out, you know, they they did played a little bit of the zoo, vooch Zach two man game. Obviously, like we said, you know, the Heat were really. Uh, doubling hard off of those screens but you know when they got them on the wing and it wasn't necessarily on the top there was less of that happening because they were really only doubling that hard on the top of, of the key so when they got on the wings it had a little bit of a Vucci two-man game like i marked here at 240 uh i think it was in the second quarter left they dumped it to Vucci in the post he forced a double and kicked out to zach for for an easy three um oh know, yeah
1: the wide open right there yeah. right above the corner right like right there above the corner it was be- yeah it was beautiful
0: yeah, just kind of clearing clearing out a side of the floor and letting your two, you know, honestly best players. I mean, uh, not to sell Lonzo ball short. He he's more of a role player than a star, obviously. So uh your two best players on the floor is Vuch and Zach. They need to be in a two-man game, isolated on one side of the floor. They need to do that more uh when we're down all these players. I agree that when we have all these players back, it's not necessarily something we want to go to a lot uh and they still you know do some pick and pop stuff and pick and roll stuff uh off the top of the key but you know right now like i said i said in my short episode i said you know hey um this is really a test of billy donovan if he wants to win coach of the year if he wants to be you know seen as as one of the best coaches in the nba this is where he's got to adjust with all these pieces out you know how do i you know you still got Vucevic, you've still got zach levine and i know that didn't work great last season but at the same time you've need to find a way to win with those two guys I think I mean what do you think is is there pressure here on Billy Donovan or is there I
1: I wouldn't call it pressure not with all these guys out and with as well Mm -hmm. as he's coached you know when he has his team but you did point out and I had written down also that they run those uh I don't even know what they're called but they're those side pick and rolls where there's nobody in the corner so it's an empty pick and roll with Zach and Vooch and then it forces the help to come from one side. So it makes it a lot easier for if they double, you know, when they hedge on Zach and Vucevic rolls and he gets the ball in the post, it makes it a lot easier for him to be able to look and read the defense because he only has to look to one side of the floor and he can see where the help came from and where the open guy is. So I think you're right in that they need, they shouldn't be afraid to just spam that play over and over and over because it seemed like they ran it at least once every quarter so to me that says the coaching staff is is aware that that's probably one of their their best plays to get a, a quality shot but to me that i would run it four or five times in a row and make mm-hmm. and just force the heat to adjust because they're not going to want to give up quality shot after quality shot And so to me, that that would probably if I if I could pick one, you know, one tweak to make other than playing Tony Bradley, those seven extra minutes, it would have been to run a lot more of that isolated Zach and Vooch pick and roll. And then just because like you said, I think that puts Vucevic in a great position to succeed. And to kind of get that confidence boost.
0: You've got to get him in your shot, in, in his spots, and I think I think Billy Donovan's you know struggled with that even from last season. So it's just something that we have to work on. I hope that Billy uh, listens to our pod. I no, probably will, but maybe the, maybe the word will get to him at some point. Uh, but no, you brought up Alfonso McKinney. I thought he gave us some you know great length, great energy, uh, especially when he came in. He came in right away, hit a three, um, getting deflections, getting his hand on balls. So um, I liked it. Um, Our second unit tonight was actually, you know, just, it was as good as it it could be. Uh, You know, we had Bradley, uh, Troy Brown Jr., Caruso, Alonzo, and Zach on the floor at one time, and and they really, um, you know, kind of brought us back a bit. So obviously two of those guys are starters, but that's basically our bench unit right now with all these guys out. Um, You know, Bench's calling card has been defensive pressure all season, and I thought that they really stepped up in spots, put the defensive pressure on the shorthanded heat and, you know, cause turnovers, get out in transition, got easy buckets. That would be another great way to beat this heat team is get in transition before they can set up that really tough defense because um, they're really compacting that defense. So if you get it back before they can set that up, obviously you get easy, easy baskets and and, you know, hopefully find people out of position. So uh, I did like some of that that I saw out there from a second unit.
1: Yeah, and. Caruso was only able to play 27 minutes. All the other starters played at least 34. He was minus four. And, you know, individual plus minus, it's it's not a stat that you want to look at very often. But I think it's very telling that when Caruso was on the court, they were only minus four in his 27 minutes. And while McKinney gave pretty good minutes for what we were expecting, he played 29 minutes and was a minus 31. So, I think the value that Caruso adds to this team was, was just highlighted like in big bright neon signs, just flashing in this game. It really showed even like, I didn't feel like he was limited when he was out there uh, necessarily by the hamstring, but that's probably why he only played 27 minutes. So I think once we, if we can get him, you know, up to that 32 minutes, you know, get at least one or two other depth guys back, I, I think we'll be sitting a lot, a lot more. I don't think we'll be nearly in as big of a panic as we were after this game, just being like, "Oh man, that was brutal."
0: Yeah, you know, and obviously we're still, we're still sitting pretty. I mean, we're still near the top of the standings in the East. I, I don't know exactly where now. I'll have to look it up, but. Um what's what's good and what's lucky for us now is that the schedule really softens up for us here uh we've only got two games in the next 7 days i believe uh, if i'm reading this correctly um so two games in the next 7 days and it's the pistons and the raptors so um you know a lot of travel time in between that a, down, a lot of downtime hopefully by the end of that travel Um, We'll get DeMar DeRozan back, which will be huge, obviously. If not DeMar DeRozan, then maybe one of these other guys comes back. Um, I know that they have to be on at least 10 days or have to return two negative tests. So um, the good news is I did see on Twitter, you know, That I think Billy Donovan was the one that said that, you know, everyone that has COVID 19 is asymptomatic or having mild symptoms. So it's not something where we can really think that's going to affect them long term, I would hope. Uh, And like I was saying in the last show, you know, this is just, it's it's so unfortunate, but this is just the new reality we're in. I mean, I think I'm hoping this is the only time we're going to have an outbreak like this on this team, but it could happen again, Trey. Uh, What do you think?
1: Well, I'm crossing my fingers that it seemed like most of the bulls players were fairly well vaccinated anyways. And from, from my understanding, when you get vaccinated, it covers you say like one of them might cover 85% of the strain. So you're still susceptible to 15% of different strains. But after you, after you get the virus, you get those immunities. That's kind of like what Aaron Rodgers was talking about, how he had it. And then he had those immunities. So to me, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, That if you look, so if you go back and you look at the at the COVID missed games, the Jazz, the first team to have the first you know major breakout, they missed the least amount of games due to COVID because those guys had already got those immunity. So there is a little bit of precedent, at least, to to show after a team has a breakout, they don't seem to have another breakout. So fingers crossed that the Bulls are just getting this out of the way now. And obviously it's not something you ever want to happen, but I'd much rather it be happening before the all-star break rather than like going into the playoffs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I
0: know there's a lot of bulls fans on Twitter and whatever, just saying, Hey, we should postpone, you know, these games of the season. It's just not going to happen guys. Um, this train's rolling. It's we're going to keep trucking along. We have to just kind of get through it. Obviously the Sixers just went through a similar thing. It wasn't, Quite as bad. I don't think. That, I think they had like four or five people out with with uh, health and safety protocols, but they had Tobias Harris out. They had Jamel Embiid out. You know, they had uh, Danny Green out. They had Batiste Steibel out. So that you know, they had really key pieces for them out for you know weeks. Um, so it's just something that we need to deal with this season. And you know, hopefully by next season it's not as bad and we don't deal with it again. Uh, but no one's gonna postpone the season. It's not gonna happen. Bulls have to just figure it out. Uh, like I said, it's really lucky that we have only two games over the next seven days. So hopefully we can get some of these guys back and I'm looking, obviously I'm eyeing DeMar DeRozan as the top guy I want to get back here. Um, But anyways, back to this heat game here real quick. Um, One thing I want to talk about with Lonzo Ball that I saw was – I just, I hate when he takes those step back threes. He was 0 for 2. I, I was trying to track it, but then I stopped at some point because I was just so angry watching Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> but Lonzo Ball, he was 0 for 2 when he was uh, with about seven minutes left in the second uh, on, on those step back threes. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe there's 70 seconds left on the clock. So I understand that he feels like he needs to take a shot. Uh, but I just don't think those are good shots for him. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. That's more something, you, you know, we can look up later, but um, it's just not a high percent of shot. I don't, I don't like when he shoots those. Have you noticed the same thing or uh, what do you think?
1: I I definitely do not have nearly as much faith in his step back threes as his catch and shoot threes for sure. Or even just, you know, off the dribble sideways, his step back. I, I don't know if it's the motion itself. It just, lo- it doesn't seem, it doesn't look as fluid as say Zach's does. So to me, I don't like the shot, but I, like you said that most of the time, it seems like when he takes them, you know, maybe the shot clock's running down or he's got a big on him and he's trying to take advantage, but I never, anytime he shoots it, I never expect it to go in.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. Any other thoughts on this uh, game we just witnessed? I guess you can call it a game.
1: <laughs> no. Um, yeah. On to the next one. On to the next
0: one is is totally right. Yeah, not a whole lot of takeaways. I thought the um, you know, the Heat obviously, Duncan Robinson shot the ball well, just to kind of cover their side of things. Duncan Robinson shot the ball well. Uh, obviously, Kyle Lowry just was lights out, and especially in that first quarter, uh, bury a team early. You know, that's that's kind of a veteran play right there, right? It, you have a team that's kind of like on their last heels. Not very many people to play. Uh, they just buried us early, took care of business, and then just kind of sat on their haunches and. Uh, we go on like a good you know, six, seven, eight point run, and then they just come back with an eight or nine point run. So it's like, you know, almost stood no chance after that that thrashing in the first quarter. Uh, obviously, Tyler Hero also had a pretty decent game, only shot 38.9 percent, but he seemed to always have a, a clutch big shot. So uh, that's just covering their sides. But guys, if you're just joining us or if you're uh, first time listening, this is the Sports Ethos Bulls coverage show and listeners. Please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. That's at EthosFantasyBK. It's the single most dominant fa- basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow now, guys. Uh, and an exciting announcement, guys. We have a brand-new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Pop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at ThriveFantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% bonus deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing each night. Score points when your props hit and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. Check out our Sports ETHOS DFS team or podcast for advice on winners there, guys. And again, that code is ETHOS over at Thrive Fantasy. Dot com. Drive fantasy. Yeah. So check that out. I need to get on that and check it out because obviously I play a lot of these player props. So uh sounds like a lot of fun. I need to, I need to go see what that's all about. uh My props tonight did not do so great. I was all over research points. So that kind of feeds a little bit of my anger towards that guy. Uh, but it's all good, man. Um, all no but the, that's the truth comes out. The truth comes out, yeah. He lost me money, so of course he's, he's the uh, object of my ire now. Uh, but no, uh, let's move on. We're gonna we actually Trey and I I know we cooked up some uh, some some goodies in the lab. Uh, you know, in the last couple of days we were talking about it a little bit. Uh, but obviously, you know, the Bulls are short-handed now. But even if they when they're full strength, we are down Patrick Williams, our starter. I feel like there's a hole that we need to you know, cover there. And uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more in the next segment, but I think the Bulls are really primed here and in a good position that they really, uh, I wouldn't say need to make a trade. They don't need to make a trade, but I think it's a good chance that they do make a trade by the deadline. What do you think, Trey? I
1: I think so. I think they're going to probably at least look around. AK doesn't seem the type to sit on his hands. Last year, you know, they had the biggest trade of the deadline with Busevich. I don't expect anything probably on that kind of scale, but I do think he is going to try and um, the margins. He's going to try and win the margins. Uh, In my head, I was thinking what Bill Belichick does because it's always the little things, you know, the the little things that kind of give your team the edge to win. And I think that our front office might try and just maximize the potential this year. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and and
0: I'm looking at the salary info, which we're going to go over here in our last segment. Um, But we're basically right up against the cap for next season. So I think, you know, getting rid of some of the salary, but also getting somebody back that helps us is something that we'd be looking into. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if we got rid of a draft pick or a young guy uh, here by the deadline. So with that being said, like I said, we did cook up some trades. Now, the first one here, I'm going to give you guys – I'm going to give it to you guys anyways because I worked on it. I did the work, and I feel like I'd be wasting my work if I didn't give it to you. But we have some unfortunate news to announce about Mr. Jeremy Grant who tore some ligaments in his hand. I believe it was his hand. Let me see here.
1: Yeah, um, it was his hand.
0: Yeah, his hand. Um, so he's going to be out for an indefinite period of time, indefinitely, which uh, usually is not a good sign. It's probably going to be a, a few months at least. Um, so my first trade here is for Mr. Jeremy Grant, which probably isn't going to happen now because that doesn't help the Bulls at all. But let's just say, let's go ahead and rewind today and pretend like he's not injured. Uh, I had uh, Jeremy Grant coming from the Pistons trade for in exchange for Derek Jones Jr., Kobe White, Iyo Dusumu, and probably a draft pick of some sort, probably a uh, maybe a future first or a second. I know what you're probably going to say. I see you I see you getting pre- prepped. You're saying I don't want to get rid of Io. Uh, I get it, but go ahead. Give me your thoughts on
1: that one. <laughs> oh, I had the same trade. only oh, yeah. I I also had one where instead of IO, because again, I I think a lot of people would frown upon that. Um, Javante Green, uh, Marco Simonovic, who you know I think could play that Kelly Olynyk role in a couple years, and then the Portland first round pick we have, and uh, I don't know if there's a way to weasel around. Being able to send the, our first round pick this year yet because of the uh, Steppian rules, maybe the uh, Pistons would have to send us their first round pick and just make it lottery protected, so then it doesn't yeah. convey. Yeah. Um. But That's I mean, tricky. I'd be well Yeah, I would be willing to do like Derrick Jones Jr., Kobe White, and like you said, IO at the time. Yeah. Or if you could get him for and also keep IO, that'd be even better. But I also had one for Jeremy Grant, so I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, and uh, and, and let me let me say,
0: you know. Obviously, I love Io, too. I'm a big – if you follow me on Twitter, which you should, I'm at BSPPKeith, go follow me. But I'm an Io stan. I love Io. I love what he's done. I love everything I've seen from the kid. I think he's going to be a very excellent player. I don't think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a great role player, though, in the league. I think he could probably be someone that lasts in the league a a good long while. He has athleticism and size to guard, you know, one through three uh, and even some fours. Um, you know, he's got the ability to knock down an open jumper. He's really got a, a, a great head on his shoulders when he's driving to the hoop and, and going to score finishes around the basket. I can't say enough good things about Io, but if you think about that, guys, I know we're Bulls fans, we're Bulls stands, but you got to kind of flip the table sometimes in a trade and just ask, well, what's the other side want? Because if we're just giving them Kobe White, and Derek Jones Jr. and a second round pick. That's just not enough for Jeremy Grant. That's just not going to be enough. So that's why Io's in there, just to kind of even those skills a little bit. And I still think you have to throw in probably a, a future first in, in my scenario. Good.
1: Now I can't get on you too much for trading Io in that one because in my next trade, I have Io going out with Derrick Jones Jr., Kobe White, Io, and that Portland first round pick. For Sabonis from the Pacers, um, I'd love to get Tory Craig in there too, if I if you can make it work. But I in my head I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a Sabonis trade. So I've got Derek Jones Jr., Kobe White, Io, and the Portland first. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think they're so high on Sabonis. I don't know if it's enough to get Sabonis from him. I don't know if that's enough. I think you'd have to get probably, um. Probably a young and budding star. I would hope. I would think because he's because the thing is he's got two all stars on his resume, right? Uh, Which is something that's going to be hard to circumvent when you're trying to trade for him because they're going to want somebody that's an all star in return. That's kind of how how that thing works, right? So I don't think any of those guys you mentioned are good.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to say to me this is just the offer you throw out, and if they if they if they buy it, great. I don't expect them to necessarily, but I wouldn't want to include Williams in that deal. I I think Williams has too high of a ceiling going forward personally. And and the other thing, uh, no, I don't want
0: to get rid of Patrick Williams. Um, I think we're going to have, I'm not going to mention any names, but I think we're going to have a guest on here soon, I hope. Um, who's a, a relatively big name in Bulls Twitter. And uh, we know we're going to talk to him a little bit about, about Mr. Patrick Williams, but anyways, uh, no, I don't want to get rid of Patrick Williams. I don't at all. I think he's got sky high potential. I love what I've seen out of the kid uh, very young still. So not, not going to do that. Um, but, you know, I also don't, I'm not a big fan of the Sabonis and Vucevic pairing. Uh, I just think when you've got, cause, and I haven't watched enough of Sabonis on defense to be honest with you. So I need to watch more of that, but um You know, we saw what it looked like with Lowry. I think, you know, for Vuj, it's really hard for him to go out there and hedge or or guard somebody, you know, on the perimeter uh, who's a good ball handler, who's quick, who's just going to go right past him. He just tends to do the drop coverage pretty much every time when he's, you know, getting in a screen and roll, uh, when he's defending a screen and roll, I should say. And so, you know, if you also have uh, Sabonis in there, I don't know how that works on the defensive side. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to go out there and, and do the Patrick Williams thing where he, you know, basically fights through the screen, guards the best player every single night, that kind of thing. So, I don't know. Is that fit works for you
1: though. I mean, defensively, I kind of think of it as they're not going to be able to pick on both of them in the pick and roll because if if you put Sabonis's guy and Vucevic's guy in the pick and roll together, they can they can just switch more than likely. So, it doesn't necessarily worry me on the defensive side. I kind of I just I like Sabonis' passing. I think this team really thrives on having all of that playmaking when everybody's healthy. And I I was looking at guys who I knew were on the market and I wanted to make some trades. So, Sabonis is honestly probably my least favorite fit from everyone, mm-hmm. but he he was also the guy who is so highly valued you have to include IO as and well you as did Kobe White just a start.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I on Kobe White. Um, I mean that'd be a good starting package. I think. Hmm. I think ultimately you'd probably have to give them Patrick Williams. I, I would think I would think they'd be asking for him in that trade, so I, I don't know if I would do it. But uh, you did mention Tory Craig, though. Tory Craig cannot be traded until December 15th or three months after he signed his new contract, whichever is later. He did sign on October 20th, so actually December 15th, which is in four days, I think, here. Uh, he's actually eligible to be traded, so I couldn't actually run it through the trade machine. But I did notice that Kobe White makes roughly the same salary as he does. Kobe White actually makes about a million more, I believe. Um, so you could do a pretty pretty much straight-up Kobe White for Torrey Craig swap and also throw in a second round pick I think and I think that'd be enough to get it done because I don't I don't think Torrey Craig has a lot of value for a team that is rumored to be rebuilding
1: would you would you want to do that though because for me I I would rather have Kobe White and what he offers as an offensive spark plug like especially like tonight how how valuable would it have been with with DeRozan out or with them on the bench to have someone else that Zach could throw the ball to and could, could actually create off of those advantages. He was getting, you know, they were getting because they were playing four on three with two guys doubling Zach. I, I like Craig, but we've got Caruso. We've got Lonzo ball. We've got Javante green. We've got Tony Brown. You know, we've got Troy Brown jr. Um, We've got all these guys who can play on the wing. You know, Zach's Zach's also on the wing. Uh, to me, Derek Jones Jr., just you can name off all of these guys that do the same stuff that Tory Craig does. We don't necessarily have a microwave score like a Kobe, White, like like we want Kobe White to be. So to me, like I, I ran that one on a different website and it does work. So I had it saved, but I just couldn't bite the bullet personally to do that one.
0: Well, Trey, what you're saying is is everything I was saying up until about maybe – uh i don't know two weeks ago and then i saw the guy play and kobe white has been god awful uh, except he had one nice game uh i think well, how many games did he come back for like six of them or something like that let me see how many games he's, did he play?
1: he's played nine games
0: nine games wow it's even yep. more than i thought and and uh yeah i mean you know what's this guy shooting now he's shooting um 23 34- three Oh, uh, 23, yeah, 22.6% from three. He's shooting 34.9% from the floor, uh, averaging 6.1 points. Obviously, he's not getting, like, buku minutes. He's not getting tons of minutes. He's averaging, let's see, how many minutes here he's averaging 17.5 minutes. So, obviously, he's not the opportunity that he was seeing last season. Um, but, you know, and, and of course, you know, this happens with even the best of scorers. Sometimes you go through rough patches, and he just came back from a lengthy injury. Um, so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, that there is that potential there. And when we're talking about these, uh, you know, trade rumors, I mean, obviously what we're talking about here is we're talking about trying to win now, right? We're talking about, you know, we're talking about we think we're going to be a playoff team. So how do we actually become a legit playoff team that's going to actually give, you know, some 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 fight once we get to the playoffs and, and rotations shorten and all that? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Trey. Um, looking at this team, I love the Bulls. I think they're they've been fantastic. They started really hot. Patrick Williams is playing, you know, he wasn't playing to, to, at the very start of the season, but he was playing pretty decently when he was in there. And he, But he, he just does so much it doesn't show up. I mean, if you're just watching box scores, you don't understand Patrick Williams is out there guarding the best player on the opposing team every single night. He's switching. Uh, he's enabling all the Bulls players to be able to switch on the defensive end. All of the defensive schemes are, are based on this. This is why I don't want to go the two center route or the two, you know, traditional power forward at center route because it just doesn't work with what billy donovan's been doing on the defensive sides it's totally different so if we want to have patrick williams as part of our, our future we need to have more people like that right so that's my thinking behind getting trying to go get tory craig because i think he's one of those almost nearly elite guys at doing the three and d type stuff um and i love derek jones jr like you mentioned i love javante green i love i love all those guys as bench players to play 10 to 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, if you're asking them to play 25, 30 minutes, I mean, we've seen, you know, we've got, we've been down these guys. We've seen these guys come in, and you know, every once in a while, one of these guys will go off, but they don't necessarily have that longevity to do it on a regular basis for a longer term. Or, or do you disagree with me there?
1: I mean, are you are you talking about starting Tory Craig? Like I would start. He's, yes, he's would never start. he's never played more than 20 minutes. A yeah. game in his career. So it's to me, it's he he's the guy who comes off the bench and he does he does do exactly what you say he does. He's a great three and D guy, but I also think he he's been able to feast on second units. He's never been a starter, except uh, his second year in Denver, and it was his worst year by far, looking at the numbers like his in terms of like his scoring accuracy. And so to me, I just I think he's a guy who comes off the bench. And is a is a really good guy off the bench. Probably would come off the bench before the guys you mentioned, but he's still a bench guy to me. And so I'm I'm a Kobe stan. I can't help it. <laughs>
0: it's fair. It's fair, and uh, it's good discussion. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right or you're wrong or, or anything like that. I'm just you know throwing this out there. We're, we're doing some hypothetical trades. Um, what's another one you got for me?
1: All right. Um, if the Magic look to get rid of Jonathan Isaac with the rise of Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner, uh, Derek Jones, Jr., Kobe White, Marco. And I wouldn't even throw IO in this personally. I had Javante green as someone you could throw in there. And then, um, the Portland first round pick that worked salary wise. I, I don't think you get Jonathan Isaac for that. I don't think they're going to look to move on from him, but with as good as Franz has been, I would I don't know how they take him out of the starting lineup and Isaac's got an injury history. I don't know if the magic, like they're probably getting ready to go through another rebuild. So I I'd, I'd at least make the phone call.
0: No, I, I like that. I like that. I like that idea a lot. That's a, that's the kind of guy I would want to get on the team. Um, So I like that a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, um, he's been out for so long. One of the good things about that is that he's been out so long. So his asking price is probably deflated. And he had a really solid, um, I think, I want to say like maybe three quarters of a season before he ended up tearing his ACL, I think was his injury. Um, So, you know, he's been out for quite a while. Uh, His trade value is probably low. So you want to buy low on these guys. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think he's like 20. Was he 23, 24? How old is he? Yeah, 24. 24. So he's, he's relatively young. I think he fits the timeline. That's something I'll talk about a little bit more when we talk about the uh, the contracts, too. But, yeah, I, I I dig that. I dig that a lot, especially you're not getting rid of Io. Um, you keep it on the Io, and I don't think you get him up too much there. Uh, and I do think I could see the, um, see the, the magic going through it if you give him, like, a, a first-round pick. So I like it. Um, I did try to do – because I know we had some suggestions. I actually asked for some ju- suggestions on Twitter and on Discord – uh, we did have some people talk about getting Thaddeus Young back, which I think would be amazing. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. I think he would fit super, super well. Um, but I couldn't get it to work, Trey. Uh, I kept getting this error message on the ESPN trade machine. And you can tell me what, what, what you think is going on. But I kept getting the aggregate outgoing salaries at less than or equal to 6533000 blah, blah, blah. And therefore, they cannot only accept the incoming aggregate salaries that don't exceed 175% plus $100,000. Basically, I had to cut what, what I what I read from this that I took that I actually retained because all all that was just gibberish to me. Was that I had to cut about five million dollars from the Spurs side, which I can't do. It's only one one player's salary, so I don't think it's possible uh, via the salary cap uh, rules to, to trade that down to the Bulls. What do you think?
1: Um, I don't. I can't remember who the player was. Um, for the Spurs, but the Spurs traded a player away and then ended up getting him back and so the nba has a rule the bulls cannot acquire thad young from the spurs until the end of this season if thad young were to be cut or waived and then no other team claimed him then the bulls would be allowed to sign thad young that's the only way he can get back onto the bulls before the start of next season
0: so that's a no go. So anyone that's out there asking for that, unfortunately, that's a no go.
1: So wait. So you said basically, if a t- if a team
0: has traded a player, they cannot trade back for that player in the same season. Is that correct? Correct. Oh darn. That's gonna kill my last one, which I thought was hilarious. I was wondering if that ever happened, uh, but I do have one at the well, end. That will... go ahead.
1: <laughs> oh, I was gonna. You said for the end, so I'll I'll throw out my next one. This is kind sure. of my last um, high higher it, higher end guy. Mm-hmm. Um. Harrison Barnes on the Kings. I've got Derek Jones Jr. Oh Johnson, Kobe white and that Portland first round pick again. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't add up quite to his salary. It works enough, but we Mm -hmm. could add in a Javante green or one of these other, you know, 2 million under guys. If they also wanted one, I, but to me, I think he's a guy that they might be looking to move, especially if they continue to not do well this year. And I think he would fit extremely well with this Bulls team. He fits everywhere he goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're currently Um, I've, – I've seen – I'm a big follower of King's Twitter, actually, just because uh, – how do I be diplomatic about this? <laughs> it's hilarious because they've just been bad for so long, and so they're just such a suffering fan base. And I personally – Love suffering fan bases, Trey, because uh, I've been a Bulls fan for a long time. Obviously, uh, we suffered for quite a bit. We haven't suffered as much, nearly as much as other franchises, though. Uh, and the Kings have suffered quite a bit. And uh, I, I do basically... believe
1: the Bulls actually have the record for holding the longest protection on a pick, and it not conveying with the Kings pick, because the Bulls had a Kings pick for like, oh, yeah. it was like five or six years, and it was I lottery remember, protected. Yeah. And we thought for sure, oh, DeMarcus Cousins is like, they're going to make it one of these years. We're going to get a first round pick out of these guys. And, it's you know, it's going to be, you know, the 16th pick. And we had that pick for like five years, never conveyed, ended up being yeah. two seconds. So it's just funny that you bring up the Kings misery and the Bulls misery, because part of that Bulls misery was because <laughs> the Kings were so bad they couldn't even give us their pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I remember I remember that the mythical uh, Kings pick that never converted it. There needs to be like a book about that. Someone's got to write a book about that. I think we might have another guest on that's uh, that's into stuff like that uh, eventually. So stay with us, guys. We're going to get a lot of cool people on here. But no, uh, basically what I'm talking about with the Kings is that they're basically right now they're they're not playing their best players from from Kings Twitter. I'm, I'm gathering this. You know, obviously I watch some Kings basketball. I don't watch nearly as much as these guys. But basically what they're thinking is that the Kings are showcasing their talent right now to go out there and execute trades because they just they don't have the right team right now. They just fired their coach. So it is a it is a kind of chaotic atmosphere there it's it's a i mean it's always a chaotic atmosphere it's the kings but it's a little bit more so now because it does feel like more like they're changing the guard a little bit uh bagley's back in the rotation suddenly bagley's you know played 22 minutes tonight um harrison barnes played 25 uh you know everyone's getting like 20 the mid 20s minutes wise so it's like they're kind of playing everybody um Let's see, they didn't play They didn't play Terrence Davis a whole lot. And they didn't play Chimeze Metu a lot. And these are two guys that are youngish, that they're, you know, high on. So the thinking is that they're trying to get, you know, showcase some people and, and drive up their their price by letting them get numbers, basically. So, yeah, I could see Harrison Barnes being a guy we could get. That would be a fantastic. I mean, he's more of a scorer than a defender, if you're asking me. But there's nothing wrong with that. You can never go wrong with more scoring in the NBA. So I don't mind it at all. I think it's a good it's a good uh, a good trade. Um I did have one here also, it's a three-way trade. And this one was kind of interesting. It's kind of a low low end guys. I've only got a couple more here, but this is my second to last one. So these are kind of low end guys, but basically uh the the Bulls will get Brandon Clark from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies get Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans, and the Pelicans get Kobe White and Sam Merrill. Uh so I'm thinking there, right? uh brandon clark i just i love this kid i think he's you know um he's more of a traditional power forward so it's not necessarily my favorite fit i know i've already you know kind of not not lambasted you but told you that that's not my favorite thing to do with the bulls so he's he's more of that traditional guy but he's only making about two and two point seven million a year or so um you know the salary is right he's only on a two-year contract he's he's young He's got this the, the time frame you know, that I think is going to be beneficial for this Bulls team if it ends up being that he's a good fit. Um, obviously, for the Memphis Grizzlies, getting Jackson Hayes for center, I don't think that um, – what's his name? Steven Adams is going to be their long-term you know guy there. Jackson Hayes obviously has shown incredible athleticism and just upside. He was in the G League dropping like 31 points the other night. Um, so this guy, you know, he can ball. Uh, so I think he's also someone that's got high upside that, you know, the Grizzlies could, could potentially use down the road and then the Pelicans, uh, Kobe white, I think really fits well with the Pelicans. I'd be looking to shove him over there as much as I could. Uh, they've got Devonte Graham, who's basically, I would say maybe the same player, a similar player, maybe, maybe, I mean, a better shooter, but maybe, I don't know, but Kobe's maybe a better scorer, I would think overall, uh, and it's just, you know, if they're going to go to Zion playing, playing the, uh, point forward route. They're going to need a bunch of guards basically that are just like that, that will spit, you know, spot up, hit the three um, score when he's off the floor. So I think Kobe White fits there. Sam Merrill's just in there for filler. Um, not really expecting much out of him. What do you think about that one?
1: I really like that one. I think that's, I think that's good for all three teams. I'm always leery of three-way trades because it's so hard to get value mm-hmm. for each three teams, but that one, that one's really well put together. I think Clark would be a guy. I think that's a guy who could fit well in Chicago. You said you have one more left after that one?
0: I do. You want to go into that one? or?
1: Oh, no, I've got one. I've got two go left. So. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I've got Elise Johnson. This is for Larry Nance Jr. from the Trailblazers, the guy I hope the Bulls were getting when they traded Laurie Markinen in the summer. So, Larry Nance Jr. for Elise Johnson and Kobe White. Nance has had a little bit of a down year in Portland, but he. He's another one of those playmaking bigs who does a great job of making the right pass and doing that sort of thing and playing with two with the ball dominant guards of Lillard and McCollum. It just hasn't. It's not an offense that's conducive to maximizing what Larry Nance Jr. can do. And the Bulls team, I think, is a team that he could come out and really show all of the talents he has. And we love the hustle guys. Larry Nance Jr. is consistently towards the top of the league in like deflections and you know contesting shots. He he gets his hands in passing lanes and he would be great playing with Caruso and Ball and just swarming the, on a defense. So this one might have been my favorite guy to add, just mm-hmm. especially for the cost, with mm-hmm. it only being you know Kobe White. I think, especially if they're going to be moving McCollum or he's going to be out for a little while, they're going to need another guard because they're that's how they built their offense. And so I think Kobe White could go there and thrive. Also, so to me, I, I like this one.
0: No, I I, I like that too. I, I, you know, Larry Nance would be a great kid for the Bulls. I think, and uh, even though he's a little bit more of that traditional power forward, I think he's more of a modern hybrid type of player because he does hit that jump shot does space the floor a little bit um can pass the ball and again his defense i think is really what sets him apart so i like that i think that's probably my favorite one as far as that type of of, of player um would be I, I would like him even more than i would like you know a brandon clark um but obviously that's more of a he's just a higher level but you'd have to go up a little bit more to get him um okay my last one here robert covington I really want, I want Rocco. I just want Rocco. I think he'd be a fantastic fan of the Bulls. Um, He's exactly what we're missing with, with, you know, Patrick Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams in my projection is going to be a better Robert Covington. I think, I think he has that upside. I mean, is he going to be that, is he going to reach that potential? You never know, obviously, but um, you know, he's got that upside. So I really think uh, that Robert Covington would just be a fantastic guy to just slip into this lineup while we're down Patrick Williams. And um, I originally had okay, so obviously now that I've got this information from you, this isn't gonna work. But I had us sending Derek Jones Jr. back to the Portland Trail Blazers uh, with Aya Dasunmu. Uh, again, we're throwing in something that they're gonna want. I think that this is a scenario where, if the Portland Trail Blazers are gonna trade Robert Covington, they're going to probably be doing a maybe not a rebuild, but a retool and maybe getting a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic. So uh, so that's why I think IO and maybe a second round pick you'd have to throw in there or something like that. We would get this done because I don't think Robert Covington, he's had a pretty, pretty bad year so far. Um, but I still believe in him. Uh, I think he's a really, really excellent three and D player and just a, an efficient score. Um, you know, that's just been his track record up until this season. What do you think about that one?
1: I'm not as high on Rocco as you. So I I don't hate it. I'd hate to give up Io for him though, just because like I said, I'm I'm not nearly as high on him. I think I think he was a great three and D guy, but I feel like the last it seems like the last two years, anytime I've watched, he just hasn't kind of lived up to my expectations. Um, and that might just be the few times I've watched him, he's had rough games. But to me, I'd, I'd hate, and I'm probably overvaluing Io there, but I just I'd hate to give him up. For Roco. Yeah,
0: this would be this would be a win now uh, move. This would not be a um, better for two or three years down the road move. This would not be that. This would be, uh, you know, I want to win or be competitive in the playoffs now, and I think Robert Covington can give that to you. But uh, yeah, two or three years down the road, you'll be missing IO, I think. All right, what's your last one? You said you got one more. Shoot it to me. Uh
1: I love the Larry Nance one the most. This might mm-hmm. be my second favorite because it's just a value buy. Jamichael Green and Bones Highland from the Nuggets for Kobe White. The last three years, Jamichael Green has shot 41, 39, and 40% from three. He's only shooting 22% this year. But to me, every time I've watched him play on the Nuggets, it seems like he's, he's much better suited as the fourth or fifth option on a team. He's that guy who when you kick it, to, you know, you've rotated the ball after somebody gets doubled and he's got the wide open shot. He's knocking down the wide open shots. And to me, with Murray being out, with Michael Porter Jr. not being, you know, him being out now and not playing effectively when he was playing earlier in the year. I feel like more of the load, just the defensive pressure was able to get to green. But in a system like Chicago's, I think he could I think he could thrive. And I I loved Bones Highland as a microwave scorer coming out of this last draft. So to me, it's just kind of trying to sell high on Kobe White, especially with his draft stock pedigree. And Bones Highland is a guy who could develop into what we think Kobe White's going to be. So to me, it's adding Jermichael Green and getting a guy who has, you know, an outside shot of at least being as good as Kobe is going to be.
0: Well, that would be quite a gift from the uh, from the Denver Nuggets, I think. So, <laughs> but hey, guys, speaking of gifts, happy holidays, everybody! Tis the season of giving, but stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com/hoopball. Uh, yep, it still has our old name, guys. We're Sports Ethos now, but we are Hoop Ball, so it's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. That's H O O P B A L L. And you'll get three bonus months on a 12-month subscription. It's super easy. Turning it on just uh takes one click and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass 2. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Grab those three bonus months now uh go get it yeah you know use a VPN and uh and watch all the league pests that you want uh no but uh no I, you know I, I would like that obviously for the Bulls I, I like Michael Green um there's a possibility that Denver wants to blow it up they haven't had a, a fantastic season but
1: um, I, I would also point out that uh the bones is was just drafted and Kobe's been in the league a couple of years they're actually the same age Kobe's only yeah. a couple months older so while well, it, it does seem like you know, like I said, you're selling a little low on, Kobe, you know, selling high on Kobe and getting Bones when he's a rookie. The age difference isn't, you know, it's not like Bones is only 19. He he's almost 22. So.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't mind. I think, uh, you know, I think those are all good. Um, here's some other guys in the Discord uh, and Twitter that were mentioned that I don't think are necessarily going to be guys that we could get. Uh, I had some people mention uh, – let's see, we mentioned those three. I had some people mention uh, Kyle Anderson I saw thrown around a few times actually, and I've seen that in some articles I've read online. Um, I just don't think the Memphis Grizzlies want to part with Kyle Anderson. He's not necessarily getting a lot of minutes right now in Memphis, but um, I just don't – I don't think they really – have anybody that can replace exactly what he does. So I just don't see us having a good chance of getting him. Uh, Someone suggested Obi Toppin. Uh, Don't think that New York is at all going to give up Obi. Um, He's looked really great last uh, couple of games. And uh, if anything, they're going to give up on (laughs) on Thibodeau so that Obi can play more minutes because, of course, Thibodeau is being Thibodeau and not playing the young guys any minutes. Uh, He only got like, I don't know, 19 minutes or something, and he scored like 16 points or something like that. It It was pretty good. But I'm not getting the minutes that he deserves quite yet uh someone had mentioned cam johnson um yeah i don't think you know uh i I love cam johnson i think he'd be fantastic he's a great three-point shooter uh i just don't think with the the suns having you know title aspirations they're going to give up i don't know. is he the best three-point shooter on the team probably i would think he is i mean just a pure three-point shooter i mean you know obviously devin booker can hit the three and jay crowder he he hits threes here and there but i think cam johnson is the most steady solid three-point shooter on the team What, what do you think
1: I'm trying to go look because I I want to agree, <laughs> but I, okay. So he shoots 41%. Devin mm. Booker shoots 41%, mm. and Mikael Bridges shoots 43%. Oh wow. Okay. Um, they're all all three of them are up there, but you, I think Johnson does have just an absolutely gorgeous stroke, like you said, mm. and he he's right up there with dependable three point shots. He also yeah. he shoots 40% from non-corner and 44% from the corner. So he's able to shoot threes from all around the three-point arc, which it, to me that that makes a huge difference because if you have a guy that can only shoot in one spot, then that he might be a great three-point shooter, but it, that still kind of puts a limit on your offense.
0: And these are fantastic names. I would love to have them. I just think that you'd have to give up too much to get them. I don't think the teams that have these players – are going to give them up um, not for anything that we would we would want to give up for them so um, great suggestions but yeah just a little bit out of our price range I guess I would say um, but yeah that's it that's as far as our trades go that's going to be it but we're going to talk uh, real quick Trey I wanted to give you maybe 10-15 minutes here to just look over uh, our contract situation and the reason I want to bring this up and I said this uh, right when the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan I was looking at the contract situation and I'm trying to be you know uh, Bulls Stradamus over here And tell you what uh, what AK is thinking, what Mike Eversley is thinking. Um, But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if a championship window opens up, it's going to be next season at the earliest. Uh, This season was never about going for a championship. I don't think anyone even right now thinks that we can win a championship realistically. I mean is it possible? Of course, you know, is, is uh, the world exploding possible, right? Everything's possible, but just the likelihood of that happening is not high enough for us to really take it seriously. Um, but, but I'm thinking that next season is when it opens up and here's why that's when Vooch, his contract is expiring. That's when obviously Levine's going to be extended, right? This off season. Um, so we're going to have Levine Signed hopefully here for the next three to four seasons, uh, maybe two. I don't know. We'll see what he signs. So two, three, four seasons of Zach Levine. We'll have three more seasons of Lonzo Ball at a pretty decent contract. He's making about $20 million a year. We're going to have DeMar DeRozan for two more seasons. Uh, Patrick William for two more seasons on a really friendly deal because he's still on that rookie scale contract. Uh, and we'll still have Kobe White next season, also on a friendly deal, which is a you know, team contract. So um, I'm thinking that if the if the Bulls are really serious about building a contender, that's when they make their move. They're going to try to flip Vucevic, I would think, on that expiring deal to a team that's you know going to rebuild, that's tanking, and try to get some some talent out of that, and just hope that that happens. If it doesn't happen, if that opportunity doesn't present itself, then it's 23, 24 that they're going to you know which comes off the books. Uh, but this season, in my opinion. Uh, Trey it was all about getting Zach to sign the dotted line on the extension. What do you think? Am I crazy? Am I bull? Am I Bull Stradamus?
1: <laughs> I mean, you're you're 100% right in that this the Bulls went all in like this to prove to Zach that they are committed to building a winner and to convince him to sign that max con- that four year max contract. I'm, I'm not sure if it's four years or five years, whatever it is. I fully expect Zach to sign it. He's going to be making like 33 million a year and at that point, what I even so even assuming Zach's making thirty three million a year, you've got Demar at twenty. The year that Vucevic was going to be a free agent, so twenty three, twenty four. If you get rid of Vooch and you get rid of Kobe White, you've still got Demar at twenty eight point six. You've got Zach at say thirty three. Call it, we'll call it thirty two and a half because it's going to make my math easier. We've got Lonzo at 20.5. You've got Caruso at nine and a half. You've got Patrick Williams at 9.8. You've got Tony Bradley at 1.8. You've got Javante Green at 1.8. Um, Marco Simonovic at 1.8. And you've got Io at only 2.2. Uh, that only gives you 12 million, or that only gives you 10 million in cap space. Whereas if you're a team that's if you're a team that's over the cap. You can use that mid level exception, which is what we use to sign Caruso, I believe this year. you can use that every year mm-hmm. and so this year it was started at eight point six. so to me I think I think they're gonna keep Vucevic. Um, he was willing to sign a receding contract you know this year it's twenty four next year it's only twenty two so he's he's willing to sign team friendly deals. So I think they'll bring him back on something that's a smaller contract. I think he likes playing with the Rose. I think he likes playing with these guys. It seems like he's in, he says all the right things, and it seems like he does enjoy the play style. He just hasn't had the success. And if you have, if you have Vucevic still and you've got Zach, I think if they don't keep Kobe White, they're going to trade him for an asset, so they'll have that money on the books. I see the Bulls as operating as a team that's over the cap the next couple mm-hmm. years. So to me, they'll be able to sign one player each off season. That's worth, you know, roughly about eight point call it 9 million a year. Cause I think the tax is getting ready. You know, everything's getting ready to go up. So you're going to have about 9 million. You can offer a guy, I think each year, the next few years, because you, ha- you have to work too hard to get that cap space. And when you have a team that's this deep already with guys that you like and you're comfortable playing, I, d- I don't see AK as a guy who's going to blow up half the team just so he can get 12 million in cap space or 14 million in cap space.
0: Uh, You know, look, if if Vuce is willing to come back on a, you know, let's call it, um, you know, 14 million a year or something like that, 15 million a year, right? Which is something we see, you know, centers aren't – I'm not going to call them a dime a dozen. That's a little bit – not flattering right but they are uh there's a lot of centers out there that you can go get like you know there's guys that are are making like pennies basically like you you know robin lopez is making almost nothing you put him on like the warriors or something and all of a sudden you know he's a pretty decent player i mean he can he can hang with these guys he can play center on a team like that um he's not going to play 30 plus minutes he's not going to put up huge numbers but he's going to play that center position he's going to do what you need to do which is rebound uh rim protect you know that kind of thing so uh you know Obviously, Vuce is a little bit special in the fact that he's a three-level scorer. We saw it. We saw it last season more so than you know this season. He's just he struggled a bit, like you said. Um, but last season we did see it uh, quite a bit. You know, we saw that he could just score from everywhere. He just has fantastic touch. Um, for some, for whatever reason, it's just escaped him this season so far. But hopefully, he'll get it back. Um, but yeah, if he's willing to sign uh, a fourteen, fifteen million dollar a year contract for you know two or three more seasons, maybe two seasons and hit a player option or something like that, um, then yeah. That he's the guy. He's the guy taking that extra that extra, money and then you just add these small, you know, minimum contract pieces or, or whatever around him, uh, rookie scale deals and all that kind of stuff. Um, so really, it, it could be that this is our core for the next, you know, three, four years. Uh, that's going to depend, I think, a lot on how we do in the playoffs this season, right? If we go to the playoffs and, you know, everything's looking good and we're all healthy and there's not really a, a good excuse for it and we get swept, then you start to have those questions about, you know, well, you know, is this a real team or is this just something where, you know, teams weren't taking it seriously? And we have those questions too, right? Like about the Hawks, we had those questions, things like that. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with with the results this year. So there is a lot riding on the table as far as that goes.
1: I I agree with that. Uh, they especially after the start that they had, it'd be really disappointing to not at least have a little success in the playoffs. I'm hoping they at least make it out of the first round. My my nightmare scenario is they finish in the three seed, and Cleveland gets the sixth seed because I think Cleveland is just mm. a terrible matchup. They have for the our numbers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're a terrible matchup for a lot of teams with the way just they zigged, they've they zigged while other teams are zagging. They play that opposite style that most teams are used to. And while I think that's a lot more effective um, in the regular season rather than the postseason because in the postseason these coaches – who. All of these coaches are extremely talented. You have to know what you're doing to be an NBA coach. And so I think if you give a team that time to game plan against Cleveland, I think they'd be able to take have more success against that size. But when you run into it in the regular season and it's your third game in four nights, or you know, you're just not going to be able to be as prepared for it. But I I think the Bulls need to get out of the first round to not have people having the whispers of, Well, what are they going to do? Because this is the team they're locked into. Yeah.
0: And, you know, obviously um, you you just have to know, It's that's one of the skills that's really hard to get as an executive is to know when do you strike? When is the iron hot? When do you you strike when iron's hot? Well, when is it hot? You know, and you you had people when we got off that hot start and I was not one of them, Trey. I'm not one of those people that said, oh my gosh, this team is a real title contender. Uh, You know, there were people out there that were Realistically saying that I, I wouldn't call them casuals, um, but I would say, you know, they got a little little caught up. They, they drink a little bit of the Kool-Aid. Right. I uh, got a little carried away with with some early success. Um, but you and I were both saying, you know, there's going to be some regression here. We're not going to play uh, as well as we've been playing. Um, we had them in like the 44 to 46 win territory, which I think is a still realistic goal. I think that's where they're going to end up, um, which would put them, you know, right about maybe six, seven, eight seed uh so my, maybe a playoff play in team hopefully a playoff team we're hoping they'll get the fifth or sixth seed um so they're right in that mix there uh you know and, and I think that's that's a comfortable spot for them so maybe we're, we end up sixth and you know we play the third seed and, and that's going to be a tough thing but um but yeah I mean you know it, the cap this season was about 109 million we're 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 operating over the cap this season next season we've already got 104 million on the books. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, assuming that we pick up the player or the team options on Patrick Williams and Kobe White, which I, I don't see why we wouldn't. Uh, and that's also assuming Tony, Tony Bradley picks up his uh, player option for next season, which I don't see why he wouldn't. So, uh, you know, we're basically we've, we're like five million below 209 million. So we're basically right up at the cap already. And that's not even including Zach's max extension. So we'll be operating over the cap again. So that's why I'm saying if they want to make any moves, they would have to get rid of Ustovich,
1: right? They would, but even even getting rid of Vucevic, you still have to get rid of Kobe White to get roughly that ten million to start with in cap room. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to get rid of Vucevic and Kobe White for an extra one point four million right. to offer someone because mm-hmm. like I said, if you're operating <clears throat> if you're operating over the cap but you're not paying the tax, which the Bulls would not be paying the tax, I don't believe. They would be able to offer the the salary, you know, the contract we offered Caruso this year, and it starts at eight point six. Whereas, if Zach's making that thirty two and a half, and you have you get rid of Vucevic, you get rid of Kobe, you're only able to offer one that starts at ten. So to me, it if you want to get rid of Vucevic, you look, you try and trade him for an expo like maybe say the Pacers keep Miles Turner. And Sabonis. and then next year they're like, we're done with this. Maybe they want to trade for Vucevic for mm. for Miles Turner because he's an expiring yes, exactly Expiring the contract.
0: Yes, and right. We, we have, to throw, mean, have to throw in a pick or a young guy, right? Yeah, go
1: ahead. Right, you know, maybe maybe Vucevic, Co- maybe Kobe White comes out and plays better. Maybe Vucevic, Kobe White, and a first round pick for you know for him. but to me, you're not going to be able to add anyone in free agency. So if you're if you're looking to add assets. Vucevic and that expiring contract is it's going to be your biggest thing to dangle at a team.
0: And and look, he's going to be 31 this season. I believe he'll be 32 next season. Uh, I'm not sure how close he is to 32 now. Uh, He's a big man. Um, He is a skilled big man. So I think he's probably got maybe three or four more years in the league here. Um, Probably three, honestly. I mean, when you're 34, a 35 year old big, I, I don't know. It's a little old. So, uh, this is where I think, he, and this is my personal opinion. This is where you strike with iron shot, because like you said, expiring contract. It's going to be potentially nice for somebody out there if we can bundle it with a young player and a pick, or just one or the other. Uh, probably going to have to do both. But it's expiring contract. he's still got some skill. He can still put butts in seeds. So um, this is the this is why I'm saying that I think you know I'm not trying to to say there's 100 percent certainty that he gets traded, but I think if the Bulls don't do well in the playoffs this season, if Vuce continues to struggle. Um, or, you know, they see something that they, they don't like as far as his fit with, with DeMar DeRozan and all these guys. Then this is where we end up trading him for, like you said, maybe a miles Turner or something like that. I mean, who knows, whoever's available, right? That's going to fit what we want to do.
1: Yeah, I think I think you have to move him for a big.
0: because mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't this
1: have him, team, so. <laughs> Right. There is no – and I, when I say bigs, I mean like a legit big. Derek Jones Jr. has showed he could play, you know, some small ball five. I think Patrick Williams will be able to play some, you know, some small ball five. But when you run into the of, or the the Jokic's, or you run into the Brook Lopez and Giannis front courts of the world, you know, or you run into the this Cleveland team, you need a legit seven foot big guy who who can be on the floor for you and not be a negative.
0: Oh, get James Wiseman next season. Do
1: do, do it for me. I'm such a big, I'm I'm a I'm a
0: huge James Wiseman fan. I think he's gonna be big. I like next
1: that for, one though because everyone wants to talk about Sabonis going there and being you know Vucevic is a great passer he he you know he's not a super flashy passer but he always ma- you know he's almost always making the right read he's a very willing passer he spaces the floor better than Sabonis. I like the Vucevic for Wiseman thing you just floated. So.
0: Yeah, I think I, I'm a huge. I mean, I, Wiseman's going to be great. I think in like two or three seasons. I mean, he's very raw still right now. He's basically still a rookie. He missed so much time, um, but that guy's so skilled. I think Vooch, uh, like you said, he's he's a fantastic passer. He could really help out this Golden State team. Um, you know, there's not him clogging up the up the lane really doesn't bother anything because mostly Draymond Green. Uh, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, they're all on the perimeter, you know, to it, half court. So it's not like he's clogging anything up for anybody that scores on that
1: team. <laughs> if they can, if they can play with Kevin Looney and his spacing, they can play with boost
0: Yeah,
1: no, no doubt. So. So that, yeah, that's the
0: state of the bulls there, guys. Uh, like I said, I think we might get a, uh, an exciting guest on here. I'm not going to give too many details that can break this thing down for us um, on a more on a higher level and really tell us where we're wrong, uh, which I'm sure we are somewhere. So, um, but no. Oh hey, but before I go though, guys, I do have a quick announcement. Uh, for you before we sign off i wanted to let remind you all to use your coupon co- coupon coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20 percent off your order and free shipping and also check out our pals at mybookie.ag and use promo code hoopball that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well so mybookie, manscaped you guys need to go ahead and get on that stuff. Um they're fantastic. Obviously I'm using my bookie for my prop bets I was talking about my Vucevic uh points bets that I missed. So uh you know go go get that guys. So um but that's going to do it for us guys. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bsbpkeith and Trey, where can the people find you? On
1: Twitter at finalfinally.
0: All right guys, and go follow the show at uh @at, at ethos bulls on Twitter, and uh, you'll find us there. And hopefully we win this next one against the Pistons. Let's go Bulls.
1: Go Bulls. New year, new credit scores. Chime
0: makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish Sandwich all day.